teachers, they show up, you know, you, you'll look at, you'll see them at everyone's games or plays or, you know, they'll, they'll come to your weddings. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's wonderful, you know, because teachers, you know, we're, we're part of the community. Welcome to the Good Around Us podcast. Here we share stories of people doing good for others. I'm your host, Stephanie Keeley. Nelson has devoted her career to teaching the arts in public schools. After overcoming abuse and poverty as a child, she decided to pay it forward through her work with children in the school system. As the 2020 Oklahoma Teacher of the Year, Gina has found her voice in advocating for the power of teachers. I was so inspired by Gina's passion for public education and the value of good teachers. You are certain to be reminded of those teachers who impacted your own life. Without further ado, here's Gina. I live in Edmond, Oklahoma, and I teach at Deer Creek Middle School. I am a middle school teacher that teaches academic enhancement that helps kids that have some academic behavior and some trauma issues uh, learn coping skills and uh, learn how to be successful in life. This is actually a newer role. Um, I've been teaching for 16 years and I have been a theater teacher, a stagecraft teacher. I've taught writing. Uh, This actually started out as an elective class uh, in the middle school that I taught at. While I was teaching writing, I had one hour of academic enhancement and it just, um, it it took off. I I had a year off uh, as, as on sabbatical as the Oklahoma State Teacher of the Year. And when I came back to the classroom, Uh, They asked me if I would develop this program for a full day, and I said, absolutely, and I've loved every single moment of it. What is academic enhancement? What does a day of that look like? Academic enhancement is broken into uh, several different sections. So uh, one is that, yes, we focus on the academics. We, we conference together. We, we actually, you know, look at the grades, see what's missing, see how we can work, come up with strategies to, uh, to really focus on those executive function skills, which we know middle school kids need help with. Uh, and then we also do a reading remediation program because we know that if we can build those reading skills, those vocabulary those comprehension skills, then they're going to be successful in every single class because reading is the basis of everything. And then I really focus on a lot of that social emotional learning that's integrated in everything in the classroom uh, and showing how that everything that they're learning in their other classes, there's a practical application of it in real life. And I teach a lot of life skills, um, whether it is uh, learning how to build hydroponic systems so that they can learn how to grow their own food. They've learned how to actually budget groceries uh, where they've had to go online with a budget and plan out their meals for an entire week. Uh, And actually tomorrow they're going to learn some interview skills. So those of them who are going to be looking at summer jobs soon, they're going to have those skills to go along with the resumes and job applications that they've already learned how to do. So all of these things together, um, I try to think about it in in a holistic way in making the most well-rounded child as possible so that they can feel successful going on to high school and wherever they decide to go after that. And am I right that you are working with tier three students? What does that mean? 
So tier three students and um, they are, they're kids that are, that are not on IEPs, but they just need a little bit more help, whether it's in academics or behavior. Uh, and so, you know, we use data as we're collecting on these kids to figure out what the best way to help them is. And then they are put into my class. And sometimes they want to stay year round with me. Uh, sometimes they get what they need and they're able to transition to a different class. Um, and Really, it's just about making sure that they're successful and they're supported in those uh, very, very critical middle school years. Yes, they are. They are critical and they are hard. For the best of students, they're hard. And most of us weren't just that top tier, amazing student, especially in middle school. No, absolutely not. You know, there's a there's a lot when you're dealing with academics, when you're transitioning from that elementary setting to to middle school. And then, of course, all the hormones and things that come with middle school and all the added pressures of social media and trying to balancing all of that. Um, It's it's a tough time to be a, a kid, but I love teaching this age because I love helping them grow and figure out maybe who they want to be. And that's exciting. Oh, it sounds like a true calling. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you didn't come into teaching by accident. Uh, Tell us, take us way back a bit and share a bit of your story and what led you here. Absolutely. So, um, you know, growing up, I didn't have, um, I didn't have the typical family. Uh, My my household was steeped in trauma and abuse and fear and mental health issues. And honestly, I didn't know if I was going to make it out alive from day to day. And I live below the poverty line, which we know that looks different from person to person. But for me, it was the physical abuse and the bruises all over my body that broke it and broke my spirit, but also being able to hunt or grow my own food or whatever we had um, that was, you know, local. Uh, you know, we, we try to just make do. Um, and so with that, you know, there comes a lot of stigma, of course, when you go into schools, if you live in a small town like I did. And I can remember that there are, there were two pathways which were really hallways that changed my life. So a lot of people have paths. I had a hallway. Um, And that first hallway was when I was in fourth grade and I was walking down this hallway and I heard um, my teacher talking to another colleague and she'd ask him and said, well, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm watching her. He's talking about me, little fourth grade Gina. And she said, well, why are you doing that? And he said, because she's one of those kids. And she's going to end up pregnant or on drugs by the time she's 18. Mm. And that was the first time that I'd ever heard those words, one of those kids. And for me in my little fourth grade brain, I thought, well, then that's just what I'm supposed to be. I'm going to be one of those kids. And so because of that, because of everything that was going on at home, I was acting out, was lashing out, you know, everything was just imploding until I became a freshman. And I was headed down another hallway and I was going to make a very bad decision. I was actually looking to fight a group of girls that were bullying me. And my teacher, Mr. Stephen Smallwood, stepped out in the hallway and he saw me just full of rage. And he said, you need to take all that rage and that passion and put it into my drama class. And that's what I did. Now, however routine that that interaction was for him, just being a good teacher and seeing a kid in trouble, it changed my life because that was the first time that anyone had ever saw me and ever thought that there might be something good 
in me. Mm-hmm. So I did join his class and I, I went and I went on speech and debate tournaments almost every single weekend to stay out of the house. And I was involved in musicals. I loved to sing. And because of him, um, my senior year, I was the first to go to college in my family. And he became the 1996 Oklahoma Teacher of the Year. Wow. And so because of those seeds that were planted, I there just became a calling at some at a point in my life where I was working with some inner city kids in Louisiana. And I realized this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to give back what was given to me, a chance at something better. And you do that through education and becoming a teacher. And my mentor just planted that idea in my head that I could help others. And so that's, that's how I became um, a teacher is wow. I, was, I was inspired, but I was inspired by kids that, that needed, that needed me just like I needed someone as well. But you went down a four to five year path where you just acted out. Yes, absolutely. There, you know, I, I was just surviving. Yeah. I was just surviving and school, school was the only place that I felt safe at. Um, you know, teachers had structure and, and there was food there that was consistent. And then there was, you know, it was just a, a place where I could also be quiet. I love the school library and I would go and just sit in the quiet and read books because the quiet and that safety was something that I didn't have at home. Um, but I found it in my public school. Wow. Yeah, it was a it was a safe zone. And yet still you weren't able to be your true self because you were that girl. Yeah. I was one of those kids, those kids. Absolutely hate that phrase. (laughs) No, I know what one thing you mentioned, I'm, I guess I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but when you talked about how they labeled, I mean, they told you what you heard is you were one of those kids. And I've read, um, in, in parenting books, like you shouldn't call children something like you shouldn't say they are something you should say that they behave in a way or that they are exhibiting something, but even just labeling like that makes you become that or holds you to being that like, you know, you're a smart kid. Well, now I have to be the smart kid or, uh, and did you, did you feel like that kind of just pigeonholed you into being one of those oh, kids? Ab- absolutely. And then, uh, you know, and I, and I, you know, I, I don't know if I embraced it, but I just, you know, like I said, I acted out. I, I gave my teachers such a hard time and yet they still loved me and they still taught me. And that's God, that's just so it, it, it's just so amazing that that teachers do that. You know, they they love the ones that are hard to love, mm. um, and and they fight for the ones that are that you know maybe even fight against them. And you know, there are so many times that even as as a teacher, you know, I have kids that that come into my classroom and and they've got scars on their arms or they've got scars on their hearts, and they just need a place to belong and they need a place that feels safe and and the place that they feel loved and that they're not labeled because you know kids are potential, right? They're potential. And what you see is not what's going to grow. It's not what's going to happen. There's, there's so much change. I'm not the same person I was when I was 10 or 14 or 21 or 31 or any mm-hmm. of them, you know, um, and, and the joy comes from, from the potential that lies within 
each and every one of us. And that all starts with the potential of a child. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, what a gift that teachers give us to teach and care for us and keep coming back to us as kids unconditionally, which sounds like was not something you were finding in your home. No, not at all. Um, but I found a community within the drama program, you know, uh, and I was able to to use theater to, you know, to almost escape into these other characters, to to let out all those emotions that were just so pent up. And and even if it was in my voice, it was their story, but my voice and, and, and it was healing in such a way. And the arts do that. And, I you know, I have to give out a shout out to every single arts teacher out there, every music teacher, every art, every dance teacher, every theater teacher, everyone. They, they are healing children by providing them a space for safety, a, a space to be creative and a space to be themselves. So um, if there are any arts teachers out there, just know that I'm sending lots of love out there to all of you. Absolutely. You said it best that the arts can heal and can contribute to our lives in ways that no other medium can. So you impact students on a daily basis and and that's obvious through the work that you're doing Um, and and what you do and who you're working with obviously creates this generational change, which I'm sure you've seen um, in your own life and probably in students' lives. What kind of impact do you see in your, in your work and working with kids? The first thing I see is that they just grow into amazing humans that have empathy for others. Um, that's a big thing for me is that, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to think, but I'm going to show you that empathy can change the world. Uh, and I, I truly believe in that. Um, you know, I, I do have, you know, I have great stories about students that, you know, yes, so, you know, they become lawyers or actors or uh, stunt women. Uh, but there, there are a couple, there are a couple of stories that really kind of stick out to me. And I, I'd love to just share those with you if I can. Um, please. Yeah, please the, do. The the first one, you know, I, I taught a young man and, and he was in theater and uh uh, it was actually probably my my first year of teaching ever, and that's when 9-11 happened. And, you know, he saw this, and he went and, and, you know, immediately signed up to, you know, to join the military and serve our country. And I remember that once he graduated and he served his first tour, he, um, he came back and he told me, he goes, I need to tell you something. And I was like, oh, okay. And he said, I was in a situation in Afghanistan and they didn't understand me and I didn't understand them. And it was really tense. And he goes, and I remembered you teaching us pantomime and theater. And I was able to act out and show them that, you know, the, you know, everything was fine. This is not a hostile situation. And he goes, that I think saved our lives that day. That's huge. You know, I, I talk about in my platform constantly that public education is saving lives. And, you know, the student shares that with me. Wow. And, and then I have another young man that um, he had a he had a lot of problems in school. And then out of school, he, um, you know, he, he got into some addictions. He got into some major trouble with, some, with the law. And then he, you know, he contacted me and he said, I need to change things around. And so we worked together. We got him into college. Um, smart kid, talented kid, just, you know, needed some extra support. Years go by, years go by. I find out that he becomes a teacher. 
and he becomes his school's teacher of the year. And, you know, oh, wow. those, those are the kind of things that, you know, that teachers and educators, you know, we, we don't think about, we don't think about the, what is going to happen in the future. We think about how we're going to help them right now. What can we pour into them right now? And then later on, these things happen, they get it. And they realize how important that education, how important those teachers were. Um, and then they just become amazing humans. And it's just, it's so wonderful. And it's wonderful to see them with their families and uh, just to see how they are changing the world one positive action at a time. Mm, that's beautiful. So you were designated the Award of Teacher of the Year. Congratulations. Yes. What an honor. So yes, absolutely. It changed my life, honestly. And I, I will tell you that uh, the day that they announced it, um, the second that, you know, they, they, they took me off stage, that same teacher that I told you that saved my life, mm -hmm. he was there and he ran off and he grabbed me off the stage and he just whispered, they'll never know. They'll never know what you had to get through. And it was just one of the happiest moments of my life to get the biggest hug from the man who saved me. Um, and things just became full circle with him being the state teacher of the year. And then I was his first student that became the state teacher of the year as well. Oh, wow. 25 years later. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, wow. That's really special. Absolutely. It's going to, you know, be something I'll never forget. And I think that exhibits something else about teachers and that is that they show up. They show up, you know, you, you'll look at, you'll see them at everyone's games or plays or, you know, they'll, they'll come to your weddings. I've, I've been to so many students' weddings. In fact, I just had a couple of students that they met during one of the plays that I directed. They're now married and they just had a baby. So oh, <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's wonderful, you know, because teachers, you know, we're, we're part of the community. We're a part of the community. Friday night lights, we're going to be there. We're going to be there and, and support, you know, I believe honestly that teachers, that parents are our partners uh, and, and we are just part of our communities and we love what we do and because we love our communities. Yeah. So part of being awarded uh, teacher of the year, I understand is that you take a sabbatical and you, you kind of tour the state and share your story and share a platform. Um, so what is it that you would like everyone to know about teachers? What is it you wish that people knew about teachers? I want them to know that first of all, we have to humanize this profession. Um, we're people too. And we are, we are asked to do so much with so little. And that to remind them that public education is saving lives every single day. We are saving and changing lives. And that is a huge responsibility. Um, it is a, it's a glorious burden in a lot of ways. And we're not the enemy. We're not the enemy of this country. We're not the enemy of this community. We, we are walking hand in hand with every single one of you because we want a better community. We want a better state. We want a better country. Uh, and that comes from having the people who love kids, who love education, and they need to stay in the classroom. Um, 
and it it's difficult when you have people who make laws that hurt teachers that that spread lies about teachers and say that we take we teach certain things that we don't teach at all we're we are we are your friends we are not your enemy and we love your children and we love our communities dearly um and i'm looking forward to seeing that partnership come back again yeah yeah it will it will i think there's generally, I feel like partnerships are something that has maybe gotten a little rough in the last couple of years as we've navigated these uncertain times. And, and that's just a great way to put it, that we all need to partner together to, to fix some problems and to, especially for the sake of our children and um, the future. Absolutely. Give teachers a voice. The teachers know what's going on in their classrooms. They know what's going on in the schools. And a lot of times um, we are we aren't at the table when decisions are happening and which we have the insight. You know, we're we're there. We see it. We know what's going on. Um, And teachers are professionals. You know, they spend a lot of time getting their degree and going through teacher training and they go uh, through all of the student teacher workshops and things. Um, They're professionals and they should be compensated and elevated and celebrated as such. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Is there anything that you would like to share or any extra stories you want to um, to share with listeners before we wrap up? Um, You know, I I just uh, really want to say, first of all, thank you um, for allowing me this space today, because, um, you know, I. I maybe I'm a little biased, but I think that education and teachers, you know, this this is the most important profession on earth because we create all other professions. We are preparing them for the world beyond Um, and and we want to make it a good world. And so I would I would actually just maybe not a story, but just ask everyone right now um, to think about their teachers. We are preparing right now and I can see it. This is going to be a major exodus of teachers this year after the at the end of this year. And the things that can change that are respect. Yes. And respect comes in a lot of different ways. The laws, of course, that um, that tell teachers what to do. Let's make them respectful. The compensation. Let's make it respectful. The discourse that we have, whether it's at our state board of education meetings or our parent teacher conferences, let's make it respectful because we want to keep the best and the brightest for our kids. Our kids deserve the best teachers. They don't deserve someone who may just be filling in because they can't find someone else. We want the people who love our kids to be in that classroom. And that means that teachers need to feel that they are loved and respected. And if we can do that, then we are going to, we're going to save generations and generations of kids. We're going to make sure that they are educated by the best. And it's up to all of us to work together to make sure that that happens. Yes. Yes. I I love when you started that, you said you want us to think about our teachers and I know, and you likely were talking about the teachers now today, but also I think a great practice to that same end is think about the teachers who made a great impact in your own life, um, maybe saved your life in a way, maybe grew you into a person you didn't think possible you could grow into. Um, 
And I, and I think when you think back on it like that, it makes sense, you know, like it makes sense that we've got to care about this. It makes sense that we need to have those same passionate and talented people in that role. And how do we make sure that it's a role that those talented and compassionate people want to serve in? Absolutely. Everyone's story includes a teacher. Everyone's story. Yes. Yes, it does. Gina, is there a quote that you carry with you? Yes, there actually is. So I am a huge Wizard of Oz fan. Okay. I, I think I have, I've just been obsessed with it since the first time I ever saw it. And, and so the quote at the end of the movie and at the end of the book, uh, where Glenda, you know, she walks up to Dorothy and she says, you've had the power all along, my dear. You just had to learn it for yourself. And I think that for so many people, if I could just remind them that you've got the power inside of you, every kid that's out there, you've got the power to do whatever you want to do to become what you want to become. You just have to learn it. You have to accept it. You've got to recognize it and, and get past the doubt, get past the things that people say about you and move towards the authentic you. Because if I believed everything that was ever said about me, I wouldn't get to sit here and talk to you right now. Many thanks to Gina for bringing us home with that call to embrace our inner power. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram, which we will link to in the show notes. Gina was recommended to me by Anthony Swan, a fellow teacher of the year. You can hear Anthony's amazing story in episode 1.8, transforming student lives. It's so good. Get out your tissues for that one though. Take a moment today and subscribe, rate, and review the Good Around Us podcast. And please share it with a friend. Thanks for listening to the Good Around Us podcast. Until next time.